Ted has just seen one of the many kinds of bacteria. Bacteria. The Outline. World Dispatch. Monday, April 17, 2017. I'm Adrian Jeffries. Today, Rollin Bishop on cyborgs and security. Karen Sandler is worried that her medical implant can be hacked. Andy Martino on the end of the word actress. It's becoming a debate on different terms. And I look into Google and the net worth of celebrities. Here's the dispatch. The future. Karen Sandler is an attorney and executive director of the software Freedom Conservancy. All right. Are you still there? Still here. Karen has a condition called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, or HCM. It makes her heart more rigid, and that puts her at greater risk of sudden cardiac arrest. So in 2008, she had a device called an implantable cardioverter defibrillator, or ICD, put in her body. Basically, it makes sure she doesn't die suddenly by helping her heart maintain something close to a natural rhythm. Naturally, Karen wanted to understand how it keeps her heart beating, so she asked the maker of the device if she could see her ICD's source code. She explained in a talk in 2011. When my electrophysiologist slid the, um, the device across the table to me and said, look how great it is, it's small, it's compact, it's really not that big of a deal. I said, great, what does it run? Why don't I, why not, you know, just, just send me the source code and I'll take a look and I'll feel more comfortable about putting something, you know, connecting it to my heart if I know that I can review it and see how it works. Of course, that went nowhere. <laughs> Almost 10 years later, she still hasn't gotten a real look under the hood. So much time has passed that she's ready for a new ICD and she still has no prospects for getting to the underlying code. Not only do I not have my source code, which I think is extremely important for the safety of the device, but now it's almost impossible to find a device that doesn't have the radiotelemetry component, which makes these devices a lot more vulnerable. The majority of ICDs use radiotelemetry to communicate, basically a wireless signal. It's good because it makes it pretty easy to get information from the devices, but it also creates a cybersecurity risk because that communication can be spoofed. Someone could maliciously gain control of the device. Karen is something of a public personality in the world of software freedom and diversity in tech. And because of that, she's become a bit of a target for threats. Making sure that I have a defibrillator um, that isn't vulnerable to attacks through the radio telemetry became really important to me. A huge part of these devices is that they're only as good as long as their battery lasts. And so introducing any kind of real security could potentially run down the battery. But for example, these devices aren't even password protected. Karen might not have the source code to her defibrillator, and she may be stuck with a radio telemetry-based device. But there are manufacturers out there making efforts to address issues with medical devices in the right ways. Last year, Johnson & Johnson alerted customers to an exploit discovered in an insulin pump they make. The researcher who found it, Jay Radcliffe, found a way to trick the pump into thinking it was receiving directions from its wireless control, which would allow hackers to inject insulin whenever they liked. So much of the hardware code I looked at in this entire process had no verification of its action. It just did whatever it was told. We see a lot of exploits and vulnerabilities based on the concept here, right? Johnson & Johnson worked with Jay to address the problem directly, rather than ignore it or try to punish him for hacking their device. And it's the first time that I'm aware of a device manufacturer sort of owning up to this problem and owning up to the vulnerability and addressing it in a public way. Uh, and, and the sky didn't fall. 
It also looks like the FDA has gotten more serious about cybersecurity recently. They've issued new guidelines, and they're performing stricter inspections. That doesn't mean Karen will get the source code tomorrow or convince manufacturers to offer communication options in their devices. But they're more likely to listen when they know it's worked in the past. Over time, more and more of us will be cyborgs. And so understanding that there are ethical components to our software and making sure that we've got the appropriate oversight is important for the moment that you realize you need, your life needs to rely on this device. Culture. On April 5th, the actor Asia Kate Dillon, who plays intern Taylor Mason on the Showtime show Billions, wrote a letter to the Television Academy ahead of Emmy nominations. Dylan identifies as gendered non-binary, but the Emmys only have two categories for supporting roles, supporting actor and supporting actress. Andy Martino reported this story for The Outline. Okay, so Andy, this actor, what exactly was the argument? What was their preference? Asia Kate Dillon simply wanted to know how they should submit to the Emmys. Dylan wrote, quote, the reason I'm hoping to engage you in a conversation about this is because if the categories of actor and actress are in fact supposed to represent best performance by a person who identifies as a woman and best performance by a person who identifies as a man, then there is no room for my identity within that award system binary. Furthermore, if the categories of actor and actress are meant to denote assigned sex, I ask, respectfully, why is that necessary? End quote. The exchange between Dylan and the Academy was, Dylan said it was respectful, it was satisfying, and they decided to go with actor because it was more of a gender-neutral term than actress. But the problem still remains, basically, in that it's a binary system that Asia Kate Dylan is squeezing themselves into. Uh, so it's now a question of where can this go further and should awards like the Emmys just have one category, why have actor or actress, why make anyone choose, whether they're binary, fluid, or otherwise. So is there actually a push to change the categories? Because some of these shows have been going for a long time, and this seems like it would be a big change. It would be a big change. MTV, and they revamped their TV and movie awards just this month and announced that they were taking away gendered categories, and that was the first major awards to do that. Now, obviously, the MTV awards are not the Oscars, the Grammys, the Emmys, uh, and I, I wouldn't say there's any kind of sustained push in a way that's going to make a meaningful difference in the short term. But MTV took the first step. Asia Kate Dillon took a step in raising the issue. We're talking about it now. So I would label it as kind of a a long-term thing to watch, but at the same time, sometimes social progress on issues like this move pretty quickly once there's awareness. The future. A little over a month ago, I wrote a series of stories about Google's knowledge graph and featured snippets answers, which are direct answers to questions that Google kind of pulls out and puts at the top of the search results page. These are also the answers that Google's voice assistant and Google Home will read out loud when you talk to those devices. The problem is that these answers are often wrong. Is Earth flat? According to Metro, our planet isn't a sphere, but instead a sort of pancake thing. After I wrote those stories, I got an email from a guy named Brian Warner. Hi, Brian. This is Adrian. Hey, how are you? 
Brian runs the website CelebrityNetWorth.com, and these Google snippets have been giving him a lot of heartache over the past year. We track the net worths and salaries and wealth and crazy purchases of celebrities all over the world. Is this like a whole business? Is this something in a line of sites that you do? This is my whole business. I started it in 2008. Um, Honestly, I, I wanted to know how much money Larry David had. I think... Curb Your Enthusiasm had like just come back and uh, I was like, God, he must have made so much money from Seinfeld. Um, I Googled something like Larry David net worth and the results were garbage. Like there just wasn't anything addressing that question at all. So that kind of planted a seed. So how do you figure out how much Larry David is worth? We have a team of people who are assigned to the major celebrities and tracking their salary every year, court cases, real estate transactions. And then honestly, it's happened plenty where the celebrities themselves just email us and say, hey, I'm way richer than that. I'm way poorer than that, whatever. But I would absolutely say that we are the most accurate peg of the celebrities net worth at any given time that you'll find on the internet. So when did you first see Google display net worth on its search result page as like a pullout answer? So I've seen them as far back as 2012, but they they were primarily, if they were showing anybody, it was for the most famous people on the planet. And it was for a tiny, tiny percentage of them. And then Google, someone from Google reached out to you in 2014. Yeah. So I get an email from someone at Google. They wanted to have database access to our numbers so that they could use that database to power their knowledge graph or featured snippets, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of it, we just said, look, we're not, we're not comfortable with this because the benefit doesn't seem to really outweigh the cost of giving you over all of our data. And so we said no. But then they went, they went ahead and took the data anyways. <laughs> what appears to have happened in February 2004, 16, Google started to display net worth data scraped from our site for every single person on our site, tens of thousands of celebrities. So if I type into Google Floyd Mayweather net worth, Mm -hmm. I get this box that says 400 million and it says... The net worth of Floyd Mayweather is $400 million, according to some information I found on Bankrate.com. So... Bankrate.com, which is crediting us for this information, is getting the knowledge graph featured snippet um, treatment and the link. And I did a test recently. I Googled the net worths of our 10 most popular celebrities in 2016. Most of those featured snippets were Bankrate, and most of them were crediting us as the source of information. I mean, Floyd Mayweather is the best example ever because we have like direct contact with his people because he loves our site so much. Um, so it's, <laughs> really? it's a particularly frustrating <laughs> example, sort of like our bread and butter guy I and see. was getting directly in touch with us being like, my number is way higher than that. <laughs> and here's exactly a screenshot of why it should be higher. And we're like, oh, OK, <laughs> yes, sir. Done. And you said that recently the results changed again. If you Google some people now, there is not a featured snippet. There still seems to be a featured snippet for many of the like larger celebrities, most famous people on the planet. But um, 
it's clearly changing right now. And our traffic has gone up, I think, because once people are Googling someone who's less famous, their net worth, they're no longer being fed the answer by Google. So where do you stand now? You've, you've regained some of the traffic you lost. We, people lost jobs because of this. Um, this was a painful experience both for me personally and for people who worked for my company. So I try not to get too depressed about the lows anymore and I try not to get too excited about the highs. I try to sort of stay with the mindset um, did we pay our bills last month? If so, we get another month. We just bought ourselves another month and we're going to keep going forward with that attitude. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. This concludes the dispatch. I'm Adrian Jeffries. Till tomorrow.